Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Right, should we start or something? <laughs> Every week we do this, we go, oh, should we start? And then the two of you are like, well, we've actually started, Jen. Oh, have we? All oh, right, okay. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Hokey cokey, hokey cokey, pig in a pokey. That's not said enough, is it? Is it? No. No, I've never heard it once, Thank actually. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank God for that, actually. Hokey What's cokey, the whole thing? Hokey? Hokey cokey, pig in a pokey. Where's that from, Maureen? I've heard of hokey cokey, not pig in the pokey. Hokey cokey's... A dance, isn't it? I know what the hokey cokey is, more. That's the hokey pokey, isn't it? No, it's the hokey cokey. It's not the hokey pokey. No, in North America, we sing the hokey pokey. No one says the hokey pokey. Oh, you just say that every time you say something wrong, Alison. Oh, well, in America, we in Canada, we just say <laughs> this. In North America, in Canada. I See, I'm not going to say in Canada. This isn't yeah. going to be about the gilet again, is it? Look, I want you to Google hokey cokey. At no point does anyone say, oh, the hokey pokey pokey. That's never been said. It's oh the hokey cokey cokey, and then you put your knees knees bend arm stretch and uh, no right leg right arm. Move we put it all your left about. leg in, you don't do the you? Hokey and then you put, yeah. Turn around, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yay! What do you do then, Alison? You do the oh yeah hokey hokey pokey hokey cokey. pokey cokey. <laughs> You put your left leg in, you put your left leg out, you put your left leg in, then you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey, then you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You're so wrong, there are two different... Okay, but I'm saying there's no. different versions. Okay, Maureen, 
But I guarantee you there are two countries that uh, sing hokey pokey. I'm not saying we're right. We probably bastardized everything that comes from you guys where first, Where does it originate correct? from? Let's Google it. Let's find out where hokey pokey... You've got me saying it now. Hokey pokey. I bet you it's a way to keep off bed bugs back in the day if you got the... Oh, my God. So hokey pokey. I put in hokey and immediately Google said hokey pokey. And I know. Hokey cokey, you loony. Where did hokey pokey come from? Thank All you. All this time, Thank Maureen, we've been saying hokey cokey when it's been hokey pokey. No, I think you'll find that Google is wrong. <laughs> I tell you who sang Hokey Cokey, and it might be their fault. It's Black Lace. But maybe originally it was Hokey Pokey, and then Black Lace went, no, we're going to Black Lace the shit out of this and Hokey Cokey it. No, I was singing Hokey Cokey long before Black Lace was out. Listen, I'm just going to get onto Wikipedia about this. The Hokey... Here we go. I feel very vindictive. Yes. Vindictive. Vindicted. Vindicated. Is that what you say in the North America? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I wasn't expecting the debate to get this this uh, so heated, heated this quickly. Um, the hokey cokey in the United Kingdom and actually in the Caribbean is known as the hokey cokey. However, in the United States, Canada, Australia, Ireland, and even Israel, it's <gasps> hokey pokey, Maureen. Oh my god! I'm just saying. Oh my days! What have we learned today? I think it's beautiful. We learned that. On this show. Well, we're British, so we always think that everything starts with us and it ends with us. We didn't become a colonial power by giving away hokey pokey, okay? I know, and I'm Canadian, and I'm very grateful for the friendship that we have for you. We have your queen on our money. We love yeah, you. Yeah, so... really? We really need to ditch that, because I'd be happy to ditch her off our money, so I don't know why you haven't ditched it off yours. <laughs> Signed up for this monarchy thing. The whole British imperialism, I find it quite a tricky thing to be proud of, actually. But anyway, hokey-cokey, hokey-pokey, whichever way you look at it, that was a complete waste of five minutes. Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knew we were going to start the show on the hokey-pokey? Um, cokey! Cokey, for Christ's sake, woman! That um, got me saying it. Maureen, how's your week been? Talk to me. I had a, my comedy Birmingham on the Friday, so it was live comedy. Oh, yes. yay. And then I had another live comedy gig where I had to follow Reg D. Hunter. Oh, easy. So you know what it's like. Reg D. Hunter, the whole audience are like, yay, yay. And then I come on and they're like, who? <laughs> I love it when Maureen comes on after someone famous and goes, oh, I know what you're thinking. This, the cleaner's got <laughs> the cleaner's got ahead of herself. <laughs> I do not say that. You did say it once. <laughs> you did. I watched it. I've used that line since. You said it first. <laughs> Also, I did some acting. Oh. I was playing a comedian for Alice Frick's web series. Um, and what sort of comedian were you playing, Maureen? Well, it was an angry lesbian comedian. I based the character on Jen Brister, obviously. Obviously. So, the original <laughs> angry lesbian. Upbeat and moaning about everything. I said to Maureen, she said, oh, I channeled you. I said, really, did you need to channel me to find your angry lesbian, Maureen? I said, the only part of that that is me is the lesbian bit. The angry bit you can do on your own. Okay. In fact, you can do that better than I can. So... Um, and then Alison's been on with me. Jen has given us strict instructions to do 5,000 steps a day. We've got to photograph the evidence to her. Okay, own. wait a second. Let's provide some context for this. In an attempt to keep one of my dearest friends alive, I said to her, why don't we set a little challenge, okay? And I said this in front of Alison, and Alison, being the Canadian and the enthusiast and the optimist of the group, said, let's do this. And then bish, bash, bosh, what's happened? You've been doing 5,000 steps every day. Yeah. In fact, one Easily. day you sent me... It was 9,000. No, 12,000 you sent me. There were 12. Me. You had a day that was 12. When you were in Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, today was a bit problematic because I messaged Jen while I was on my walk. But I realised halfway through, 
The elastic went on the trousers. <laughs> Makes you step faster. You got more steps in halfway through the walk, right? I was like, uh. So that was my week. Busy week. That was one hell of a week. You've done a little bit of everything. You've been in a film. Uh, you've done a couple of gigs. And you've had trouble with elastic on your trousers. That's a lot <laughs> in one week. Oh, yeah. And I visited Stratford-upon-Avon, which was lovely. Yes, you had a day in Stratford-upon-Avon. We saw the Instagram updates, Maureen. I did like them all. Uh, I think one of them was a picture of a sign. I even liked that, even though I didn't really understand the point of it. I think it was a sign for a bookshop. There was a bookshop. And there's also a sign where they've got a sign against dropping waste. And they go, don't be a tosser, which I think is quite a good sign. Oh, I really like that. I I think that's a great... I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but that is not the first time that somebody's said that. Oh, well, it's the first time I've noticed. Right, okay. I mean, fine. I mean, you're both comedians and that is the thing mm-hmm. that you've... The tosser thing, that's the I thing. I thought it was clever. As soon as you said it, I was like, how clever. I mean, Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. I know. Alison, talk about your week. Uh, well, I've learned that I really enjoy the statement, don't be a tosser, <laughs> number one. That was one of the highlights of my week. I think Maureen and I both... Really enjoyed that this week. Uh, No, this week uh, I've had some great stuff. We built something in the backyard for the puppy. (laughs) It's all about the puppy, guys. Alison, we're going to have to phase the puppy out now. I've had enough, right? It's a little bit like people with their kids. It's just like after a while, you're like, enough about the baby. just my (laughs) life. No, I was the same with my children, and I'd I'd see people's eyes glaze over. What did you build, Alison? Thanks, Maureen. I built it just a... Kind of like a big shelf. I put some plants on top of it. Basically, it's a poo spot is what it is for my puppy. So when it rains, because I live in Manchester and I am realistic about what is about to happen and he does not like the rain and I respect (laughs) that. So we've built him a little... Wrong side of the Pennines if he doesn't like rain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I've just built him a sheltery kind of area. I'm like, there you go, pal. Uh... Alison, literally, you're going to have to come up with some better anecdotes for next week. Okay, (laughs) that is rule number one. Get out there. Live life, yeah? Come back. Cool stuff, yeah. In fact, if you haven't got an anecdote, we're going to dig deep from a couple of years back and then find one and pretend it was from this week. Sometimes I say that to Maureen. I say, Maureen, no more of those anecdotes. Let's dig deep and pretend that old one is a new one. And Maureen's like, fine, and that's what we do. Because we all know we're three women where literally our lives are, generally speaking, quite dull. So we, But we have got a podcast where we're trying to entertain people. So for God's sake, come up with some fictional, bloody interesting things. And on that note, I had a lovely time performing at Cirque du Soleil. And um, (laughs) I was just about to be like, oh, my God, have you trump me? Listen, a lot of people thought I couldn't get on that trapeze. And yet there I was. Yes, you did it. During this time, you better. If you want to make a living, you better learn how to trapeze. A a triple and uh, something with a pike. And let me tell you, if you if you ever land on a pike, it it does. It's quite painful. Um, So good. Well, we've all done a lot, haven't we? We've all done a lot. I'm reading a book, Maureen, that yes. you suggested. Yes, what's the book, Jen? I'm reading The Vanishing Act of Esme Lennox by Maggie O'Farrell. We're not going to talk about it now because we're going to talk about it next week. But suffice to say, I've nearly finished it. And that is quite a miracle in itself. Uh, not so much of a miracle. It's just that my children aren't here. They've gone away. Uh, <laughs> Where are your children? Away. That's all that we need to know. Chloe has taken herself oh. and the children <laughs> to her folks. And I said, do you mind if I don't go? And she said, I'd prefer it if you came. And I said, uh, I'm not coming. And uh, anyway, that's what happened. And um, You're going to have a sleep for a couple of days. I haven't been feeling well, as you all know. So I decided it'd be best if I just tried to catch up on some rest. And I literally started the book this morning. And I've nearly finished it. That's, that's a really amazing. good sign. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what you can get done when you haven't got children, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> 
Absolutely. I just think about all the things I could do. Yeah. You're at me because I built a shelf and I'm developing my home. I think what it is, is that there's never any sense of achievement in anything that I do. Because what I'm doing is like I'm doing housework and picking up the kids. I might cook dinner. But finishing a book. Oh, my God. I might have to take myself out for dinner later. And by that, I do mean a takeaway. I'm proud of you for reading that book. Guys, I'm going to have a takeaway on my own. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is the best day of my life. I wish everyone could see the joy on your face. Even though you're not even feeling that well, you look the happiest I've seen you in a real long time. Oh, Alison. Just taking a breath, hey? Oh, I'm so happy for you. And you know what else? I've got a lion tomorrow. Come on! Yay! Oh, the hokey cokey cokey! Oh, the hokey cokey cokey! Oh, everyone join in now! The hokey pokey I don't even know what you're singing! (laughs) Maureen's bending her knees, stretching her arms, and she's rah rah rahing, aren't you? There she goes. Yeah, it's part of my steps. I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Well, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, okay? <laughs> well, I'm glad that we've all had a vibrant and exciting week. Um, I think it's time that we... Well, this is a, one of my classics again. I wrote a book, The Void, available on Amazon. And I heard it a book reading, which Jen knows because she's got a book out too, called The Other Mother. Also available on Amazon. Um, nice plug, Maureen. You kind of have readings where you read a bit of the book and then hopefully you flog the book. I was doing this one with Fiji Lee. It's one of the first readings I was doing. It was going to be in Brighton. So I thought I'll be organised the night before I wrote a list of everything I needed. I was felt so proud because in the bag I put everything, like I put a book to read on the train, German and obviously uh, water. I was staying at Jen's that night. So, you know, wash bag, makeup, blah, 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 spare pair of knickers, et cetera, et cetera. All really organised. Uh, got down to Brighton and then realised the one thing I hadn't bought was the book I was meant to be reading from. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd gone to a reading off my book without actually bringing my book. Maureen said to me, <laughs> I was so pleased with myself because I nearly left the house without my book that I was really enjoying. I'm so proud. But I remembered to take it and I was like, oh, that's good. But (laughs) I actually forgot the books that I was... (laughs) So Maureen didn't have any books to sell. She didn't have a book to read. I was like, what did you do, Maureen? I can't even remember. I actually managed to sort out because I talked to a friend and I had it online. So she managed to print it out online. So I couldn't sell any because obviously I didn't bring any with me, but I did have something to read at the end of the day. Yeah, but that's the whole point of doing a book reading is to flog the books at the end of it, Maureen. I know. Don't do a book reading and go, fingers crossed, you'll buy it later because the chances are people are very much in the moment. If they don't buy it then, they ain't never going to buy it. (laughs) You'd have to have read someone else's book. Sadly, I wasn't able to bring my book, but I have brought this wonderful Austrian writer. I don't know if you've heard of him. I will be reading in German. Only Maureen Younger could have a book reading and neglect to bring any of the books. Brilliant. And so organised on everything else. I like the way Maureen was like, and I brought knickers, (laughs) as if that is something that you ordinarily don't bring with you when you're staying overnight. I mean, normally I don't even remember underwear, but I brought knickers. I was so pleased with myself as well. As I was saying that, I was like, actually, I do remember not bringing knickers once myself and having to stop off at Peacock's. In fact, I was on the phone to you, Maureen. (laughs) Do you remember? And Maureen was like, oh, 
Oh, go to Peacocks. <laughs> oh, I love a Peacock. I bought some knickers from Peacocks. And let me tell you, they were not very breathable. So I haven't worn them since. <laughs> they gave me a cloudy gusset. Anyway. Cloudy gusset? <laughs> I think a cloudy gusset gives you everything you need to know about that pair of knickers. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, classic being memorial as always. Thoroughly enjoy uh, listening to your ever-increasing ridiculous mistakes and errors. Of course, <laughs> not something I would ever do. Well, I just told you I did do it, so I don't know why I'm saying that. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Well, I think now it's time for mine and I think everyone's favourite part of the show. It's time to ask Alison. Oh, well, this week, this is a common thing. So someone wrote in, they're wondering how to navigate a relationship with a tricky mum. Oh, Maureen, do you know anything about this? I don't think we could relate either of us, can we, Jen? No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? We're three women alive on the planet. We have a tricky relationship with our mom. Come on. Even if you got a good relationship, you're going to butt heads. Stuff happens. So you can love them with all your heart and hate them, right? Isn't that what a friend is too? Like you? I, I mean, I listen, let's not scratch that uh, scab. That's just healed over. I don't want to open that wound again. <laughs> Jen, you know what? I was thinking about this. Oh, I don't mean to do this, but technically you're a mom. Do you think one day you'll be a tricky mom? I think mothers and sons is a bit different, you know, to mothers and daughters. I think do I, you? I, yeah. I know I've talked about this in my stand up a fair bit, but I do think the relationship that I see with my mom and her three sons is very different from our relationship. And that's why I believe that mothers and daughters is uh, there's something there. There's a projection there that just isn't there with sons. And I think there's a molly coddling with sons that just doesn't happen with girls. It's more like, come on, get it together. You should be able to do this. You're a woman. This might just be exclusive to my mom, but my mom is very much that men are stupid and women are better, but also that women should have to appease men in order to manipulate them to get what they want. And I've always been like, I don't want to manipulate a man. I just want to tell him to fuck off. Okay. And so that's where we differ. My mom's like, don't tell him to fuck off. Make him think he's important and then undermine him when he doesn't know it and I'm like mom what I'm gonna do <laughs> just chip away at him until he has no sense of self but I'm very much like that sounds like it's a long game mom I'm just gonna go oh fuck off and being a lesbian that's been that's been fine for me I think mums well I don't know my experience I think mums can be jealous of their daughters yeah because there's a big difference between our generation of mothers and ours so I think for a certain generation they must be quite galling to think there's all these things you've missed out on because you were born 20 years too early oh yeah I mean my mum had to leave school at 14 to go to work yeah um, so she never finished school didn't have the education she always wanted and that was always really important for her children to have that so yeah and I'm sure there is a little bit of like oh you've got it easy I had it really hard mm. I mean I know that because she tells me you've got it easy I had it hard I hear that a lot but you know but things that we do like taking for granted like living on your own you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that in the 50s as a as a young yeah. woman. You would have to stay at home. So there's lots of things that we don't even think about, which would have been impossible for us to do, yeah. particularly if you were working class. Yeah. So I can understand why there is a lot of jealousy. I think, too, I was thinking this and then I, I read a few things about it. There's a lot put on mums. Like when you look at the difference between mums and fathers, yeah. that's a lot to live up to. Being a mother, it's like a very selfless 
I am not putting down men. I am not saying fathers, you don't give it your all and love kids. Not saying that. I say society, there's more attachment. There's more expected of a mother. So I think it's it's a little bit harder on a mom too. I could see that. The big thing too that I thought about when I was thinking about this issue, if you have a, a, a tricky relationship with your mom, no matter what the trickiness is, because there's going to be different levels, but I think it is important for you to try and figure this out because you know, if you don't solve this with your mom, or at least if you don't put in what you can to figure it out with your tricky mom, it affects you. You probably have a lot of anxiety. There's resentment. Eventually, you can improve your ability to manage conflict, and it can contribute to a healthy self-esteem because this is the problem. It affects you because you're going to have to live with that. So you do have to give it the time and effort required. But you must remember, you have to accept her, I think, for who she is, too. Again, I just talked about how mothers get your mother put on you. They are people. And I think it requires the extra empathy to go, who is this person? Like you were talking about, Maureen, what's their past? Where did they come from? I think about my mom and her background, and it explains a lot. But what I say is you can only do so much. So if, if you're yes. not getting anything from the other side, absolutely, you know, you may not be able to resolve the situation because you are you can only meet them to a certain point and they've got to meet you back. 100%. But again, I'm going from like some steps haven't been taken. Just to remember these things, I think, you know, you can't expect her to change too. The only thing we can change is the way we handle or accept what is happening or how we deal with that behavior. That's all we have control over. So that's a big, big thing. A lot of people feel guilt, I think, when it comes to mothers, because you're going to have to get to the point where you set some boundaries. Okay, if it's hard, then what are the boundaries that will maybe help the relationship? For example, perhaps going to mom's house or going to your house are trigger setters. Maybe you meet outside somewhere. Maybe you go for meals. Maybe moms will resist it, but I think if you just repeat, you repeat, eventually they will accept. Or if they don't, then we get to the point, Maureen, that, yeah, we have to take more drastic steps. Maybe a step back, right? You don't have to go, I'm never talking again. I think a lot of people do that quickly. I think you can take a step back. You can retry again, taking some lighter steps again from the beginning. And then maybe eventually one day you you do take a step away. Like, that does happen. But I think... For your own benefit, focusing on the things that you can change within your thinking, the acceptance, that is all we can do. And there's lots of groups out there. There's lots of other people that are struggling in regards to moms. Like I said, we're women alive. There's issues with moms. It's not their fault. It's not our fault. But we got to try and work through it. That's my advice for tricky moms. I think the thing about boundaries is a really good point because... um I think sometimes we get in a cycle of behavior and Mm -hmm. instinctively we want to please our parents. We want to make them happy or love us or be proud of us or whatever it is. Sometimes you can't please them. And I think when you create boundaries where you go, I'm going to do it this way. Oh, you don't like it, mom? Okay, well, I'm so sorry that that didn't make you happy. We won't do that again. That's exactly it. Affirming as well. It's all loving. It's from a state of non-attack, but setting clear steps. Yeah, It's, It's a little bit like I mean it's not the same but it's a little bit like you do with your children you create boundaries for them they enjoy boundaries children enjoy but actually humans like boundaries we like to know where we stand with people we have very set boundaries with friendships you know there's certain behavior that is unacceptable in a friendship where you eating jacket potatoes (laughs) (laughs) I love you Maureen but if you ever eat a jacket potato in front of me again this is over (laughs) 
But we, there are certain behaviours that we have that are unacceptable in friendships, but we allow these behaviours to exist within family members. But if we just created boundaries and said, you know what, you can't talk to me like that, or do you know what, I'm gonna, not going to speak to you for a little bit and uh, get back to you when you've uh, had a little chill-out time. Because you're also modelling the behaviour you want back, right? Once you're yeah. strong enough to go, no, this is how we do it, then there's a chance that maybe you're teaching them boundaries as well. Because no matter whether it's your mom or a person on the street or someone you work with, if this person person is not willing to accept or place boundaries with you, that is a toxic relationship, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're completely right. And you can forget that your relationships with your family can be toxic. Of course because, they can. You know, because you love them so much. But you can try to change, but identify. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was absolutely spot on advice, Alison. And uh, also I'd like to thank my therapist for her advice because that came in very handy as well about the boundaries. Thank you very much for that. Uh, one last thing, uh, set up a support network. Uh, siblings, friend who really understands. Especially mothers and daughters. There's, you've got to have a mate that's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I got you back there. Oh my God. Yeah. Alison, that was brilliant advice. Thank you so much. Great mom talk, everyone. I love my mother very, very much. I mean, literally, <laughs> I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah, okay. Is everyone happy with that? Now, it's time to find out what we've been watching on television. Maureen, please tell me it's not some Austrian pile of... For the love of Christ, can it be at least... A, is it in English this time? I have been watching a lot of Austrian TV. But anyway, I've also watched a two-part drama series called The 739 with David Morrissey, Olivia Coleman, and Sheridan Smith. And it's about two commuters who end up having an extramarital relationship 
and it is really, really good. I totally recommend it. The other thing I've been watching, I've just watched bits of it though, is the Enola Holmes thing on Netflix. Oh, it's Sherlock Holmes's sister. And it Sherlock stars... Holmes's sister. I mean, that's a they're clutching at straws there, aren't they? Couldn't yes. they just create a brand new character? Does it have to be related to His a second uh... removed third cousin's sister? Flickety fuck. It's got quite good reviews. I've been watching it in bits, so I'm not ecstatic. And the other thing I've been watching is. Mystery Road Series 2, which Jen was convinced she'd watched, even though it only came out a few months ago. She's like, I've seen it. I went, you haven't, Jen. I've seen it. You haven't, Jen. I've seen it. I went, Jen, it stars the woman from the bridge. I know I haven't seen it. I want to be clear. I mean, I know the comedy works on a rule of three, but I actually only said it once, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm only into two episodes because I've only shown two episodes so far. And in this one, he plays a really antisocial cop. He's even more antisocial than before. He was antisocial in the first series, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, but he's really, it's overdrive now. Ooh. And it's about a body's turned up without a head. Obviously, he's dead, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the update, Warren. So, yeah, so I've been watching quite a few things in English this week. That's three shows you've recommended. Uh, well done. Congratulations. Uh, blibby blib. I have been watching, as is my want, the usual upbeat fare that I enjoy. I'm on season three of The Handmaid's Tale. And oh, it's uh, so good. It's so good. It is really good. I missed it when it was on. And obviously, I'm. Lots of people have already have seen it, and that's fine. I am really enjoying it, but it does stretch reality quite a bit in as much as how is she still alive? <laughs> how is she? It's not like people don't know. Like, she's already escaped. She's come back. She tried to kill her. So for those who haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Spoiler alert. This is in previous series, uh, not in this series. So like, the, these things have already happened. Like, even after the first season, you're going to have your eye on her, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You're not going to be like, oh, she seems like she's towing the line. She seems pretty happy with this setup of some sort of dystopian totalitarian misogyny. Uh, she's on board. <laughs> I just don't understand how she hasn't been, like, hanged yet. But anyway, I'm loving it. Elizabeth Moss, oh. she's absolutely amazing in it. Oh, everybody is. The whole thing is absolutely, the production oh. values are incredible. Don't you think, Alison? Like, it just scared me to death. That is my idea of a nightmare state. I know they'd make me breed. Oh, I'd be a Martha for sure. I mean, there's nothing but dust and bad dreams <laughs> happening in my uterus. So I would definitely be a Martha. Or a Jezebel. They'd be like, sticker. Oh, you might be, Jen. Cause isn't that what they did? Weren't they like, oh, are you gay? You're a Jezebel. Yeah. Jezebel, go up there and suck a bit. Um <laughs> I haven't got the gag reflex for it, I'll be honest with you. Now, the actress that plays Aunt Lydia reads Testaments, um, which is Margaret Atwood's follow-on book from The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for an audio book, listen to that. Okay. I'll tell you what's really fascinating. It's, it's done from the point of three different characters. One of them is Aunt Lydia. And if you set aside the television uh, series and think of Aunt Lydia as following straight on from the original book, yeah. it gives her a backstory that is going to blow your brain. Okay, confirmed. It is absolutely amazing that the story of Aunt Lydia is one that I'm like, please, please, please let them weave that into season four of The Handmaid's Tale. Because so far it hasn't, because the book hadn't come out when season three had been written. So yeah. so Aunt Lydia doesn't have that backstory. And it's called Testaments? I think it's just called Testaments. I should Testaments. really find okay. out that before I start wanging on about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one's coming here for the detail, are they? For heaven's sake. Uh, and, and actually, Maureen, I know you're not a fan of the very idea of The Handmaid's Tale, because you're like... Uh, it's just, I saw the one episode with you, and it was just so depressing. It is depressing and terrifying, but but so... Yeah. I live in a very depressing time. I don't need to read about <laughs> misogyny on the run. 
<laughs> I'm bloody living it. I know, exactly. But when things get really dark, I like to get darker. Do you know? And I don't know if mm. the, it's a weird catharsis. You do. You really escape. Let's get dark, yeah. Let's, let's really sit in the shit. Yeah, and then when I get out of it, I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. I haven't had my my, my mouth sewn together. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of thing. It's it's sort of upbeat. It creates. That's sort of... exactly it, Jen. But that's the purpose of the stuff I watch. So you appreciate your life, right? Everything can be going to crap, right? You lose your job, you get dumped, you throw in a horror movie. Thank God I'm not possessed. That is all you think. Well, this has been quite depressing so far. So the only thing we can go to now is Alison's Horror Movie of the Week. Here's what I think kind of goes <laughs> with the problem. I'm going to go with the original one I picked, but I bet you other people can think of other ones. I'm going to recommend the 1976 version of Carrie. Oh! There's an example of a yes. mother-daughter relationship that was wrong, right? Oh, went all wrong. Not Carrie's fault. Ooh, I'd love to know the backstory on Mum there. But anyway, Carrie, 1976. They redid Carrie. You have the 2013 no, version of Carrie. I only want to see Sissy Spacek as Carrie. I, that whole movie is, is... She was amazing. That's an amazing movie. I, that was such a phenomenal performance. Never seen it, obviously. You've never seen it. It's, <gasps> it's quite shocking. Maureen! Yeah. Do you think Maureen should watch that movie, Jen? Do you think Maureen should see Carrie? Oh, I, I mean, I think it's a... It's a classic. It's not. Uh, it I is a classic. Even describe Carrie as a horror movie, I guess, but maybe it is in the I genre. I think Carrie is a horror movie, but there's so much to it. As a feminist thinker, I think you would get a lot out of Carrie. It was like the Heather's before Heather's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Carrie way like, way darker than Heather's. Uh, way darker. I've seen that either. But like <laughs> Carrie, I I I think it's a great horror movie. I think it's a great horror movie. It deals with like bullying and girls and. Carrie, 1976 version. Mean Girls. It was and, the original uh, of those. What Mean Girls need to watch out for, because this shit could really go, go yeah. down. No, let's hope that never happens. Wild. Yeah, I loved it. That's what I recommend. I'm into it. And now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural Corner. Uh -huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We, Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. It's time for Maureen Younger's Cultural, Cultural Corner. Corner. I'm going to recommend three German movies, so it's still a German kind of touch. That's all right. But there's three classics. There's even a movie that Jen really likes in this. So, oh. Jen, you just hang on there. So the first one is from 1975. It's called The Lost Honor of Katharina Bloom. And it's about a young woman. She's very shy, very diffident. Happens to meet a guy during carnival and has a one-night stand with him, which is very out of character. And the next day he's gone, but the police turn up. And they're looking for him for what they claim to be terrorist reasons. What? And they take her away. And they basically connive with the press to destroy her life. So it's all about how the press will just write whatever they like with the police's help to destroy a woman. What do you do? You call her a slag, even though she isn't one. Mm -hmm. They call her a communist. And they basically just completely destroy her life. And it just shows you how the police state connive. And it's... It's quite frightening because like 40 odd years later, we're still in the same place. And it's based on a, a very famous novel by Heinrich Böll, who was one of the most famous post-war German authors. And he's got a great thing in, in the book. He goes, all characters and events are fictitious and in resemblance to certain journalistic practices are neither intended nor coincidental, but unavoidable. Ooh, very good. It's very well done. The next film is called Mephisto and that's from 1984. It won an Oscar for the best film. Technically Hungarian film, though, it's in German. It was the first Hungarian film to win an Oscar. 
And it stars Klaus Maria Brandauer, who is stunning in this film. And for a brief period in the mid 80s, he was actually became world famous just based on this film alone. Based on a book by Klaus Mann, and um, it's about an actor who basically sells his soul to the devil. It's 1930s mm. Germany, so this means the Nazis. Oh, I love this sort of principle. He becomes the leading actor in Germany under the Nazis. And it's how he basically, it's a bit like Breaking Bad, where he kind of sells his soul bit by bit. And it's really well done because he's also very human. So, like, at one point, you know, he's got this great speech where he talks about, the, you know, his wife goes, why are you... Why are you working for this regime? And he's like, I'm an actor, you know, I've got to speak in German, I've got to work in Germany. And you kind of see his point, it is a difficult thing, you know, we're, we're all in show business. To get to the top, to reach the very top, would you give that up on a, on a matter of principle or would you kind of tell yourself, well, I'm, you know, yeah. I can do things, I can help people, I can... You know, we'd all like mm-hmm. to think we'd say, definitely wouldn't do it, but I think most of us probably would. You just... Kind of kid yourself. It's a fantastic movie. And it's Mephisto uh, with a PH, isn't it? Yeah, because Mephisto is the devil in the most famous German classical play. And the play's called Faust, and Faust sells his soul to the devil. Yes. So it's quite ironic. This actor is famous for playing the devil. And the third one is the one that even Jen likes and has seen. It's called The Lives of Others. It's one of my favourite films, Maureen, actually, of all time. I, I love that film. It's gorgeous, And I found isn't it. it Tell me about it. It's set in uh, Cold War Germany, in East Germany, and it's um, following a Stasi agent who is who's wiretapped the flat of a, a German. Uh, I suppose he's a he's a, a playwright. He's one of the Sorry. party faithful, so his his plays are put on. They're very successful. He's married to a very successful actress, so they're like in with the party and then unfortunately for them there's a German official who kind of is very attracted to the actress so he sets the spy to spy on them and their house is totally bugged and everything and this policeman is a very state orientated very good spy and then he just gets an epiphany he actually becomes more human as he as he watches their lives he actually he becomes more human it's all about how the human spirit will survive even the most you know you can do what you like you can spy on people you can oppress them but the human spirit will live will kind of flourish anyway he almost has like a not a love affair but he falls in love with the couple doesn't he yeah he falls in love with this couple it's beautifully done the actor in it who plays the playwright you'll have seen in loads he's a very famous German actor Sebastian Koch very easy on the eye <laughs> three fantastic films there um, Maureen thank you okay. so much for your cultural contribution well sadly uh, I, I know you're not going to believe this but we're nearing the end of this particular record I can hear the sighs of dismay from miles away uh, even though this is uh, pre-record um <laughs> but no sadly we no more information to impart we're at the end uh, the, the last thing to go into is obviously it's time for what's got jen's goat and that, i am jen so uh, i'm not a weirdo talking about myself in the third person that's how we've named this particular part of the anyway i'll tell you what's got my goat i'll tell you what's got my goat um the internet and social media and in particular, people on social media doing the humble brag. Can we just lose the humble brag? I'm not even into the brag, but the humble mm-hmm. brag can go fuck itself. Jen, can you give me an example? Yeah. Uh, the humble brag is, oh, having a terrible time. Just tripped over on my way to a meeting with the BBC commissioner for comedy. <laughs> oh, oh, my knee really hurts. I can't wait to discuss my new blah, blah, blah. I'll just say I've got a commission. Don't be like, 
feel so sad to hear that my colleagues didn't win uh, an Emmy, but it's so glad to, to announce that I did. I mean, just like, and yeah. these are the kind of shit where we're like, oh, hashtag blessed, hashtag so happy for you, hashtag go literally stick a dick in your mouth. I don't give a fuck, okay? Uh, if you can't come out and just be honest and be like, do you know what? I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I'm really delighted that I won this. Then that's great. Just be, have a bit of, take the brag out, be a bit humble, because ultimately when you say things like that, you know you're going to make other people feel shit. Like, I don't want to quote Morrissey here, but like sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to hear how well your friends are doing. <laughs> No. Isn't it? <laughs> we hate it when our friends become successful. So listen, take your take your good times and just just cushion it in a bit of like, I know you might not want to hear this, but this has happened. Look, and, and then I can go, do you know what, mate? I am happy for you. <laughs> listen, I'm, I tell you on Twitter, I've, I'm going to have to mute about 80% of the people I follow because honestly, I can't take it anymore. It's not even the humble bragging. It's just the endless fucking shit that is being... Sometimes I think, oh, we're friends. We must have similar opinions about politics and the world. Uh-oh. Uh oh, my God. You're an anti-vaxxer. I mean, it just absolutely blows my brain. So social media can literally take itself out and just do one. I believe the saying is, ignorance is bliss. Do you remember the old days when people thought you were a prick but you couldn't tell you? I, I miss those days. Now I get like, oh, Jen Brister thinks she's a blah, 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 but actually she's an absolute blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, if you can't come up with anything more interesting than blah, 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 go. Go blah, blah, blah yourself. Go Lock. blah, blah, blah yourself. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Well, anyway, that's what's got my goat. That's a good goat, Jen. But ultimately, this is why I think you two have got a healthier approach to life. Maureen doesn't engage with anyone on social media other than herself, as a true narcissist should. And Alison, you're in and then you're out. I keep thinking everyone will come back to my system soon. <laughs> Literally, I'm now weaning myself off my Teflon because... I'd spend too much time looking at things that annoy me. And now I should just go, I, do you know what? I don't, just don't need to look at them. That's it. Bish, bash, bosh. Take some responsibility, Brister. Okay, I bloody well will. There you go. I think you solved your goat, baby. I just think you solved it right there. This is when she unfollows us, Alison. No, more. And if I don't see your pictures of random signs in Stratford-upon-Avon, I won't be able to get through the day. Anyway. Another roller coaster ride of fun and excitement. It's always been a pleasure and a delight to spend time with all of you women. And now let's just, let's press stop. <laughs> Bye. Okay then. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. Well, that do. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.